All right, guys, welcome to the Triple Click Podcast. And in today's episode, we got another guest. We got Razor Wright from obviously Razor in this episode. And we are going to talk about the uh, fresh release, uh, just released Orochi version 2 quite a bit and go to the design and the things behind that. But first of all, uh, we of course got NVC and Sogol as well. So, how have you guys been doing in the past week or two? What mice have you reviewed and stuff like that? Well, I think I've turned up to the wrong podcast. I was expecting a Death Adder V2 Pro podcast, but we're here talking a little bit about the Orochi. Orochi, I'm not sure how to pronounce it. We'll get on that in a bit. But uh, I reviewed the Death Adder V2 Pro finally. That was a lot of fun. Easiest review of my life, obviously. Plus uh, a couple of the others, the Superlight and uh, some wireless earbuds, which was interesting. So my return to reviewing finally has been uh, an enjoyable experience, I would say. Yeah. How about you, Psogo? Yeah, I mean, I've just tried to get Asus Armory Crate to work, and it proved impossible. And yeah, that's it, basically. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, um, it's just impossible. I can't can't actually use the mouse uh, I'm supposed to review, so I don't know. <laughs> Gotta put it on hold or just forget about it. I don't know. That, that, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Interesting the, is the most euphemistic uh, way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not good news for me since I'm looking forward to that Gladius. <laughs> <laughs> Fingers crossed. If it is the Gladius anyway, I assume it is. I can't think of anything else they've got coming. Yeah. I mean, basically all the, the newer Asus releases uh, I'm supposed to review, but Armory Crate makes it very difficult hardest hardest job ever all right so yeah so of course we got razor right as a guest as i already mentioned but yeah we're gonna refer to uh, for the audience we're gonna refer to razor right as chris uh, it's easier for me to pronounce at least so yeah we're gonna refer to him as chris so if you're asking chris some questions it's it's razor right again so yeah how are you doing chris what's what of course you have maybe had a little bit of a busy two weeks or something like that with the release and stuff yeah, when don't we like always busy? But no, been doing well. Uh, excited, launch has been going well. Reception has been positive. So, and uh, good to be here. All right, all right, yeah. So let's start right off. Actually, so uh, there was a Sogol made a good question. What's the what's the kind of? We've seen many mice come out, of course, and I think the original Orochi. It's been. I don't know when was it initially released, like the version one. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. I want to say 2012, 2014, <laughs> something like that. It's been a while. Let's yeah. go that way. So, what what's the reason for you guys to make it? You know, use the Orochi name again, make a version two. Um, that's a good question. Uh, maybe we're running out of good names. Um, <laughs> uh, it's a spiritual successor to it in a way. Like um, the the Orochi um is ultimately positioned to be a a portable gaming mouse, which was the original Orochi as well. Um, and and while we obviously changed the shape quite significantly as well as um well all everything else in in the master positioning, the overall the target audience is still is still quite similar or the intended use case for that matter so in a way like i mean you've 
you've seen us do that across the board on different product lines, right? Like we brought back the the Black Shark. We had that before on the headset side of things. We brought back the Viper for that matter. Um, that was actually that was a Viper many, 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 many years ago. Um, and and so yeah, we we dust off the the older names that that's like that were good names, um, and and just give them modern treatment and bring them back with hopefully um, lots of new things to it. So when's the Diamondback, Copperhead, and Crite coming back? Yeah, <laughs> we actually did bring the Crate and back. The Boomslang. And the Boomslang, yes. Um, the, yeah. the the funny thing is that actually a lot of these mice were ambidextrous, relatively lightweight mice, and 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 they sort of went out of fashion for a while. <laughs> now now they're obviously fairly fashionable, especially with with the more enthusiast crowd, right? So um yeah, but right now like the Viper's kinda covering that that um uh that segment. So we don't really have any plans to bring additional ambidextrous mice back because between Viper and Orochi um we cover a fairly wide range of that already. Um so Probably not so soon, but then again, you never know. Just in reference to the the V two, I mean, you say it's ambidextrous, but obviously it's 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 kind of ambi with a little bit of an ergo twist. Yes, I, I mean, keep saying it's ambi, I shouldn't be saying this. Yeah, no, yeah, I actually yeah. The... Sorry, go ahead. But I mean, how how do you? I mean, it must be very difficult to get data on obviously how many people actually out there play left-handed and right-handed. You know, to be specific, what what was the sort of thing that pushed over the line to say, okay, let's let's make it for right-handed players? Um, I mean, the number for left-handed is incredibly small. Like we know that um, we're the only company that ever done real left-handed mice in the first place between the left-handed Deathhead and the left-handed Naga, um, and from those sales numbers. We know it's not a massive amount of people that that actually use left hand, and I mean that's it's relatively clear why, right? Like you have ten percent of the population that are left-handed to begin with, and then within that left-handed uh, crowd, you have a bunch of people that still just learn to use their their mouse with the right hand, um, and then those that still use the left hand, a lot of them just get used to MB mice, um, so. Um, there's no left-handed ergo um, market to speak of that is relevant, which is, yeah, I mean, evident in the fact that we're the only ones have, having ever done that, really. Um, but even even um, ambidextrous mice, um, like, the problem is, so you, you're making some sacrifices when you go ambidextrous, right? Like, because... Um, you're more limited in your design choices. You have to mirror everything from left to right. And so, I mean, you look at, um, let's say, uh, uh, the Viper Mini versus the Viper Ultimate, and what, right? Like where you say one is a false MB, one is a full MB. Um, and then with buttons on the left, buttons on the right, uh, people will always, you will always have people complaining about it uh, one way or the other. Um, the idea is that ultimately with with the Orochi, we wanted to make sure that we really nail that fingertip uh, small. Um, I mean, it's a safe choice. So it's not even just fingertip, right? You can claw, you can palm it. That comes with the territory of an egg shape to a degree. Um, but the yeah, we really wanted to nail that um, and and 
for that ergo is or like a false MB or even a slight ergo shape um, is just still overall superior to an MB shape. <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna I get think, lots um, of people ranting on this one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't say I've ever looked at an ambidextrous mouse personally and been like, I want to buy it and use it because I prefer the right side to be just you know, curved without feeling sort of an indent toward the back of my pinky. And that's what actually kind of tempts me toward giving the Arakai or Arachi a, a go for probably the first time in my life wanting to maybe buy it just because it is not sure. just a typical um, ambi shape. So um, I kind of like the, the thought process here. Yeah, give it a go. I mean, we really try to to improve on on what's perceived as i mean x shapes are generally perceived as relatively safe right but they're also they're, they're kind of like jack of all trades master of none and we try to actually improve it to be well to be a master of 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 that um by um improving some of the ergonomics in the x shape and, and you can see that in the significant differences um in the side profile and and, and the curvature overall from the top it obviously looks a bit like the g305 or quite a bit like the g305 once you hold it in the hand or once you look at it from the side you realize it's a completely different mouse yeah that's true i mean i remember there were a lot of leaks back in the i think <laughs> in january december uh yes. so the, yeah there were a lot of a lot of leaks so i remember when i got one like in i think january early january uh, I was able to test the prototype, so I was expecting sort of like a G three or five, but I remember when I initially tried it out. I mean, yeah, it, of course, nothing like the G three or five should not really even. I mean, yeah, it's an X shape, but can't really be compared that much to the G three or five in my opinion. So initially, I didn't. I was like, uh, okay, this was not at all what I expected, and I didn't really like it like initially, like right from the get go. But once I sort of got over it, I started liking it and. Uh, one thing that threw me off was the sensor position because yeah, mm -hmm. small mouse, uh, so is the grab. I sort of felt like it had a lot of DPI deviation, but I ran some tests and it didn't have none. And then I looked at the bottom of the mouse and I realized that, okay, it's the sensor position that's affecting, <laughs> affecting the sensitivity sort of, so all the motion gets recorded. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of things coming together there and a couple of things that you said that, that may be worthwhile uh, touching on. One thing is that I think the community right now, as, as they're starting to receive and as they start to look at the shapes in a little bit more depth, they they go through that process that you, you went through in January, which is like first like, hey, hold up, this is not a G305 and this is actually quite different. Um, and then starting to to kind of come around to to what we've done um, with the Orochi. Um, the second thing on the sensor placement, you're absolutely right. It it it, it takes a little bit of time getting used to, um, but especially for a fingertip focused um, mouse, it is it's actually quite like most of the people that we've been doing the validation with anyway. Um, I have gotten used to it very quickly and then really, really enjoy it because ultimately, I mean, the goal with the design of any mouse really, right? Like, and this is the mantra that we've always been pursuing is make the mouse a true extension of your hand as much as possible, right? Um, 
and, and technology is really just a path towards trying to get us close, eliminating any differences. And so that's where also you see the the whole lightweight trend uh, coming in, right? Like you want to feel like you're just moving your hand and it's a one-to-one -one translation to that. So you don't want to have additional weight. You don't want to have acceleration or, or, or precision inaccuracies or anything like that. Anyway, so with a fingertip grip style, a lot of your movement actually is much, much more uh, is, is done a lot more with your fingers, not with the palm. And so getting the sensor a little bit closer to the fingertip can actually become a much more natural um, extension and, and, and ultimately a more intuitive control of the mouse. So that's kind of the thought process behind that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you mentioned validation, so validating like the sensor position and uh, shape a little bit. So how much feedback do you gather from like professionals or enthusiasts or people like that from the community? Yeah, it's a mix of, of multiple things. Um, we generally start internally um, and we have tons of gamers in within Razer of differing uh, skill level, I suppose. But um, at least th there's a lot of enthusiastic and passionate gamers within Razer, especially in um, sales, marketing, product development, engineering. Um, once you go over to like finance or operations, maybe a little bit fewer ga uh, fewer gamers there, but even there you can still find a much, much higher percentage of gamers that you would probably see in any other company. Um, and so we have a fairly large pool of people that we can we can test with internally. So that's the first round typically. Um, and then we tend to go on to professional uh, gamers, mostly focused on teams that we're actually sponsoring, um, primarily because then NDAs and non like non compete like there's no no uh, conflict with competing sponsors or any information being leaked out to competitors or anything like that. Um, and then obviously we've started doing this a lot more maybe over the last two and a half, three years, um, engaging um, enthusiasts from the community itself um, to just maximize the feedback that we're getting and trying to to well, be closer to, to the ground and, and ensuring that what we put out um, makes sense and is well received. Okay, yeah, sounds, sounds good, yeah. <laughs> I hope it's working. <laughs> uh, all right, so I mean, there has been a lot of talk. I mean, the mouse released yesterday, uh, no, day before yesterday, actually. So there has been a lot of talk about the price and people, as we talked about, as we mentioned, the sort of leaks and stuff, people were expecting a G305 clone. But of course, at the moment, it's quite a lot higher in price than the G305. So. Uh, what do you have? What sort of uh, drives the price of the Orochi version two? Why is it uh, so much uh, more in price than the G three hundred five, for example? Well, because it's nothing like the G three hundred five, right? Um, I mean, I I like to draw two comparisons. Like if you compare it to the G three hundred five, the Orochi has a better sensor, better shape, lower weight, um, better clicks. Um, better battery life. Um, so in the grand scheme of things, like a better wireless for that matter. Um, so there's really nothing about the mouse that is on par with the G305. It's better in every possible aspect of it. Um, I would argue the scroll wheel is better, but that that, that, that part may be a bit more subjective. Um, side buttons, I believe we've improved for on the ergonomic side of things as well. Um, but again, like those wouldn't be like there's probably more subjectivity to those. Um, but on the flip side, you compare it to the G Pro X Super Lite, right? Um, 
you basically have a very similar weight range. Let's say two grams higher, so you go lithium triple um, A. You're you're going to be at 64, 65 grams, um, so quite close to the G Pro X. Um, switches are at least on par, if not better, on the Orochi. Our hi uh, hyperspeed is better than um, well than Logis wireless, <laughs> um, and so really like you could also compare it to the g pro x and then then it becomes a comparison hey you're trading off charging versus uh, as in versus battery right um and typically there's two drawbacks to um to batteries right one is um the weight distribution um and the other one is like the cost of keep upkeep right like you have to buy more batteries as you go along on the flip side you get get a better battery life than rechargeable ones um and so if you're considering that the g pro x goes for 150 bucks orochi goes for um for 70 bucks um you're, you're spending less than half of the g pro x for trading off um charging to battery um and you get an otherwise very very comparable uh very competitive uh mouse obviously shapes are inherently different but um like so it's it's not that far off and i mean if you look at it one way uh, the other way is neither of them have usb-c charging i guess <laughs> uh, i think for me looking from the outside at both products what draws me to razor's implementation is not actually anything to do with the shape but in sensor wireless technology I, I could probably use either one if the if the shoe fit so to speak but i like that on the razor wireless mice you get the ability to use bluetooth because there are so many people out there that have multiple setups maybe a second pc for streaming and a, a primary pc that they can use 2.4 gigahertz on and they have that additional bluetooth tech to to fall back on right uh, oh, that's fantastic. which is also nice yeah, I mean, it's just not really meant for gaming at all, right? Like, Bluetooth will always significantly decrease performance. And so it's useful, it's it's versatile, it gives you convenience. Um, but when you're comparing it from a, from a pure gaming, so I'm arguing against my own product, um, when, when you're uh, comparing it from a pure gaming perspective, it's even on par. And, and so it, it's just a matter of, what where what do you compare to to and and the G three or five is really not the the comparison. I'm not saying it, it is meant to compete with the G Pro X. Ultimately, that when we design mice, we don't really look at competition um, as much as it is looking at our own portfolio um, and looking at. Uh, what are we currently covering, and where do we think we can we can do something more unique? How or we can do something better than what's out there, and and that yeah, I think the Orochi delivers that. It's it's it brings up it brings in a bunch of new things that haven't been done before, including the 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 battery compartment, for example. Yeah, I'm just curious. I mean, you've mentioned that. Uh, the Oroshi sort of it doesn't directly compete against the G305 and not directly against the uh, Superlight. It's sort of in between, both in terms of features and uh, you know level of quality and price. I wouldn't say level of quality. <laughs> or just yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, just general. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
if you have a have a better term than you know so in, in terms of uh, of features and price it, it's definitely uh, in between the two um but again like price wise it's closer like to the g305 than the than to the g pro x in a way and feature wise it's closer to the g pro x but either way um did you have a question around that yeah yeah the question um because um i mean it's sort of in between so you could have uh, instead of going the the battery route uh, with AA and AAA, um, you could have just um, you know basically made it a Oroshi Ultimate with internal yes. battery and dock compatibi compatibility stuff like that, and maybe sell it for I don't know 100, 110. Um, so what prompted you to go with uh, the former setup? Um, well, if we're going performance and going for flagship, then it will probably be a Viper Mini Ultimate um, <laughs> to go after that, um, where the Orochi was really designed to be a portable uh, gaming mouse and, and um, battery life playing a big role in that. And you can't beat battery powered battery life um, with rechargeable, not not realistically anyway. Um, and, and so... Um, the reason why it's a high-performance mouse is because every every single one of our mice is a high-performance mouse at the end of the day. So even when we're looking at at doing a a portable like mouse for like playing on a laptop on the go or anything like that, um, then we still want to make that uh, a high-end item. If you want something low-end, I mean the G three or five is there, right? Like if you want an affordable low-performance mouse it has its place right um but that's not typically what we're trying to do from our side of things and so we go for performance no matter what um but it is not intended to compete with with the g pro x we have our viper ultimate um it's a fairly solid product in, in the grand scheme of things and if a a smaller um mouse is in demand for performance which it seems to be then there's still the viper ultimate that can um, the viper mini ultimate eventually that that uh, could fill that gap as well could so let's, field or will feel yeah. <laughs> can you confirm something <laughs> i mean you see the releases we have done in the last few years um I hope, I think, I hope. Um, and, and with that, you will at least have a relatively good idea of how much we're listening to the community. Um, and so there's probably a safe bet that we're hearing the couple of guys out there that are asking for a Viper Mini Ultimate. Um, but yeah, we want to do it if and when that takes shape. We also want to make sure that we do it right. And, 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 yeah, uh, get that done right. Like we, there, there's things that 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 I look at sometimes. Like Orochi launch, actually, so, sort of going on a tangent here, but looking at the Orochi launch, like when, when we launched the Viper Mini, there were tons of people saying like, "Hey, why do you think small has to be cheap? Why is small always budget and whatnot?" Now we come out with a smaller mouse that isn't budget. I mean. It's, still not expensive but it's not budget right and then people go like oh why it's such a small mouse why would it be expensive so i'm, I'm just sitting there like wait which one is it do you want cheap small to be budget or do you want small to be not budget right like and to be fair the overwhelming yeah. um 
responses have been more positive, but there's still always a few guys that will will complain about those things. So it's it's sometimes difficult to to match what the community wants. Um, and even if we do a Viper Mini Ultimate, um, how that should take shape and whatnot, we want to be like. For us, it's not an option to do the Viper Mini Ultimate and not get it 100% right. So um, that's why we probably take more time on that one than than you would we would take on other products. Okay, I don't know okay. if that answers so, the question to a degree because obviously it doesn't, but it, it at least gives a bit of a thought process and some some background to it, I guess. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Uh, one more question about the Viper Mini. I mean. Uh, did it did it did its popularity sort of surprise you guys at Razer, or were you expecting something like this to happen that the enthusiast community sort of falls in love with it? Then you know um, everybody, pretty much, I guess everybody likes it to some extent at least. I I think it's a mixed bag. Like um, it's always difficult to predict how well any product will really do, and so the the. Viper Mini wasn't necessarily intended as an enthusiast product. In the early days, it was designed as like a fingertip mouse, um, and a small form factor. Also, always take into account um, uh, Asian markets in particular that tend to to have smaller hands on average, um, and and tend to be more budget conscious and let's say the the american market for example so that's why you saw that line of viper mini da mini going in the more budget direction um then then uh well and so th th there were a lot of questions like why why does mini have to be budget it absolutely doesn't but it wasn't designed uh, originally necessarily to be a high performance um enthusiast product in that sense um i mean high performance yes but not necessarily to the level that we've seen afterwards, right? And so one thing to kind of, um, to say that's like, as we were developing and through validation, we we got more and more confident that the product will, will actually be well received because the feedback on the shape in particular has been incredibly overwhelmingly positive. Um, but then there's also the risk of, um, like listening to uh, the vocal minority, right? And the funny thing is, between Viper Mini and DA Mini, you have both both extremes probably on the on like um, on hand, where the Viper Mini was was a fairly huge success and sustained that success even 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 after the initial enthusiast wave in that sense, uh, whereas the DA Mini was requested by quite a few people in the community and wasn't necessarily a huge commercial success in that sense, right? Uh, for many people, the DA Mini was too small. Um, and and so we had originally hesitated to even bring it to Western markets. Um, and then based on community feedback, we did. Um, and that's probably mouse that um, the Western markets by and large didn't really see a massive um, need for in that sense. It's doing okay in, 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 in the Asian um, regions, but in Europe and US, it's it's probably one of the lower performing mice in that sense. Um, so, did we know that it's going to be a success when we started? Absolutely not. Um, it's a, it was an educated gamble, and as we were validating, we got more and more confidence in it. Um, but yeah, it was it was a bit of a surprise, definitely. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay, let's now, 
Yeah. Yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, I mean, let's assume I'm just a completely clueless guy, I don't know, browsing new egg, Amazon, something like that, and I want to get a wireless mouse that runs on AA or AAA batteries, and I just stumble upon, let's say, um, the Oroshi V2, G305, and Rivalry Wireless, right? And I just basically ignoring shape and maybe the the better performance you talked about earlier, which I of course don't know. So I just compare features like Bluetooth and so on and so on. And basically someone like that could come to the conclusion that the Oroshi doesn't have much over G305 or rather through wireless, which both usually go for, I don't know, 50 USD, 40 USD sometimes. I mean, the G305 even went for 20 USD uh, at Walmart, right? So a customer like that, um, who is basically clueless and just sees the pricing and the features and sort of has a hard time getting the the Oroshi pricing, what what would your response uh, be? Well, he may actually be happier with the G three hundred five. So, the, the, like, not every every mouse is for everyone, right? Like, and and if you're that clueless about mice, um, which I'm not saying in an elitist way or anything like that, but then your expectations to your mouse may not be as high either, right? And then um, getting those those like a Viper Ultimate on a casual entry level gamer is a wasted product, right? Like so we tend to maybe this is more anecdotal than anything or but may may it may answer that point a little bit, is when when we do train our retail staff, there's many companies that would focus um their sales team on always upselling to the most expensive product, right? Because more money in in your pocket um we tend to take a different approach we tend to focus on figuring out what is the best fit for that specific customer or or visitor of the store or whatever it is or the visitor on the website right um because um giving an entry-level game selling him a viper ultimate is overkill right like the the improvements in wireless the improvements in the lower weight, the all these kind of things, they could probably get a fairly workable mouse uh, for fifty dollars and and still be re- reasonably happy with it. And then the Viper Ultimate may be the next purchase after that when they starting to look at okay, this mouse was decent as a starting mouse, but now I want to get something better. And then they start actually educating themselves um, uh, on that because again, like even even lower weight many people are not necessarily clear that a lower weight or not even i mean clear it's it's a bit subjective but they may not even see the benefits of that a lighter weight may be beneficial to them in in a gaming scenario right um and so i we don't need to compete for that customer and we have other mice in in a more budget friendly um uh, area as well that those customers may be, may be picking up as well or it it could be that they just go for a cheaper competitor product um, as they may not be able to appreciate the performance uh, gains of of high-end mice um, so 
I, I mean, I don't know if that that's answering the question at all, <laughs> but um, there are obviously the improvements, and we hope that word of mouth and reviews and and um, and all that kind of gets the communication across. But again, if if lower weight, uh, better wireless, better battery life, and whatnot isn't enough to justify the price delta, then that's perfectly fine. Then go with a with a lower performance, cheaper solution instead. I think uh, I would have a like I, I when I got the mouse. I mean, I didn't really know anything about it. I I you know I saw the leaks, so I know what kind of shape it is. But uh, so I, re- I I looked at your marketing material when I when you the site was released or the mouse was released, and there is there is talk about portability. So what do you think this kind of uh, aspect adds to this mouse? Does it you know does it mean anything? Because for me, I would not buy these kind of mouse if I would consider portability. Uh, why not? <laughs> I mean, if I want something that's you know, I th- I consider this sort of like a like a proper gaming mouse. So I don't I don't I don't need like a portable gaming mouse. In no, okay, that so sense. but that, that's a different. Sorry, you're saying you wouldn't. So if you're in the market for a portable gaming mouse, would you buy the Orochi? Um, or if if you were looking for uh, if you were buying the Orochi, you wouldn't do it because it's portable. That's two different stories right like so i you're absolutely right that the orochi that there will be many people that will buy the orochi that that have no interest in the portability aspect of it um that's sort of a side effect it's the same way that people buy the naga even though they don't play mmos um and stuff like that right like um there's always alternate use cases and especially because we put a lot of um performance and and technology and design thought into each and every single one of our mice um they tend to be workable for other use cases but that doesn't take away that if you're looking for a portable gaming mouse the orochi is is now sort of the de facto best portable gaming mouse out there um and you see some of the reviews out there uh, saying so as well because it it does everything that every other portable gaming mouse does and it does it better um and and so that's why I like, just wanted like kind of differentiate between the two. Um, people may not buy the Orochi for the portability, but if you're looking for a portable mouse, I would think that the Orochi should be higher on the list unless you're in a in um uh, on a on a specific budget that doesn't allow you to go to that type of price point of the sixty nine ninety nine that that the Orochi goes for. Okay, okay. So yeah, I kind of. I didn't put the question correctly. I mean, I kind of meant that. Uh, what kind of? How large is the uh, like the market segment for uh, people that could could consider buying a like a high end portable gaming mouse? Do you think there is a, a large consumer or user base? Uh, always difficult to predict. Um, I think the market is growing. Um, I think more and more people appreciate um, performance and appreciate. Like well, really come to realize how much time we really spend in front of screens, right? Whether it's in the office or or at home, um, especially during during these lockdown times <laughs> across the globe. Um, and so I think it's a growing market because if you're spending so much time in front of your computer, you might as well buy great product for it right it's it's the analogy that i tend to draw is is like you wouldn't say like people spend a lot of money on mattresses because they spend a third of of their lives on them um you're spending probably like 
most working adults that have a, um, a white collar job um, spend probably a third of their lives in front of a, of a computer these days, right? And um, so being saving on, on mice or keyboards or headsets um, and, and go for lower end doesn't really make a ton of sense anymore. Um, if, if the if the budget is available at least right like I'm, I'm obviously talking about people that have the disposable income to afford these kind of things but it would be a weird place to be be really um budget conscious about because if you're spending so much time with them um comfort durability performance precision all of that um like over time you use a mouse two three four years um you you probably get your money worth if you spend 70 over over a 40 dollar mouse yeah, I mean, I get uh, Kami's argument, sort of, because I think usually the people looking for a portable mouse um, don't want to spend more than 50 USD, maybe, or, or only 40, because they are not that focused on performance either. Like something uh, like G305 is perfectly fine, right? They are not looking for the highest performance, which the Oroshi uh, would provide. So they're, they're more interested in, in lower price options. So the, the Oroshi is sort of uh, in, a, in a curious spot. It's a bit too expensive for this portable market, I would say. And at the same time, the, the serious gamers, right, like Kami or NVC, um, they don't really care about portability. Um, yeah, so to the to the first point, I'm not sure that's necessarily still true. Um, if it is, then I guess we'll see that in the numbers. Um, I mean, we'll get probably some data on that as we go along. Uh, it will be a bit difficult to differentiate between why people buy the pro, whether they just buy it for the shape and the performance and for serious gaming and, and who buys it for for the gaming on the go. So even even six months down the line, a year down the line, we may still not have a lot of that information. But our bet is really on that that more people are looking at more performance oriented or higher end uh, mice. I mean, it's not just performance, right? It's the shape, the ergonomics that we've refined, uh, the weight distribution, all of that gives you much more comfortable use as well. And while maybe higher sensor precision and lower latency is not something that that typical, um, like more productivity almost oriented buyer would be looking for, or the game, the, yeah, um, we would still they would still value comfort, um, and so even in that area, there are significant improvements uh, here that would justify that. If it is, however, like just to be super clear, like the Orochi is not meant as a productivity mouse, right? Um, we have a productivity mouse in the Pro Click. There's a reasonably high chance that more in the productivity space will be coming from us as well. Um, so it's really meant as a portable gaming mouse. Um, and and so it's if we were to try and compete with the G305 or like I mean, at this point in time, you're drawing the G305 to be closer to like an MX anywhere or something like that, um, in 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 the use case, and um, and that's not really what we've been gunning for here. 
Yeah, the switches, because, um, I mean, you've mentioned earlier that you consider the Oroshi a top-performance mouse, like being able to compete with the, the best wireless mice. And so far, all the, the top performer from Razer came with optical switches. And the Oroshi doesn't because um, it prioritizes battery life. And I'm just curious what goes into um, decisions like that to prioritize certain aspects over others, although you you sort of you have to make a choice because the the things you want to do basically conflict with each other. Yeah, I mean that's probably the problem with all design <laughs> that you constantly have to balance multiple um like contradicting um factors out in that sense. Um in in this case quite simply we went back to the original positioning which is um it's not to be the number one super competitive mouse. The first, first um, design intent, the primary design intent is to be a great gaming mouse on the go. And so for that battery life takes precedent over, over performance in that sense. Um, and uh, if, if it was completely focused on competitive, you would have things like the Viper line um, that could fulfill that. So, um, Optical switch is the one disadvantage um, that they have is significantly higher battery life consumption compared to mechanical switches. Um, and so going back to the original design metrics, um, uh, it's it's a gaming on the go mouse. So battery life has to take precedence over that. All right, all right, understandable. Now. Yeah, I mean, to me, uh, I've I've used I used the G305 for a long time, and I basically I'm I'm like a full-on competitive player, so I don't really care about the portability aspect. But so yeah, I used that one for a long time. I'm not now I've used the Orochi for quite a while in between reviews, and uh, yeah, so I do think, like as I said, I didn't know about the marketing or anything, so I was expecting it sort of to be a like marketed as a competitive like. Uh, uh, cheaper competitive gaming mouse or something like that, you know, for gaming basically. But yeah, so I was a little bit surprised about that. I mean, but the yeah, Viper Mini is is a cheaper competitive gaming mouse, right? Like, um, but we try to to position our product lines based on product family, right? So yeah. in 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 mice, the one that is most designed for this lightweight MB, like uh, especially catering to that FPS audience. Um, the Viper line is the one that is most uh, designed with esports and first-person shooters in mind, which is not to say that there's a ton of people that like the DA, um, as in the Death Adder or or the Basilisk or 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 other mice for FPS, right? Like there's always going to be um, that overlap to a degree, but it 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 sort of goes back to what are the design decisions we make when we when when we develop new products um and and what are the parameters that we try to abide by um in order to to put the best possible product out and also moving away from this like jack of all trades master of none and really create products that do one thing incredibly well yeah so i i think it's a little bit i mean for considering these, uh, some of the some of the reviewers, you know, they are just a technically very adept, or they don't li really go too deep into technology and stuff like that. 
But uh, I think it's a uh, yeah, it can be a little bit da- dangerous when you uh, give somebody like a portable portable gaming mouse and when they don't really test it or anything like that, they can't. They don't. They are not competitive gamers. They might not, you know, be able to feel this sort of difference whether there is motion delay or not, and they are not right. able to test. So I think that cannot, you know, some sort of mix-ups in there. No, but f- fair enough, right? Like there's also that market for it. like if if those reviewers can tell tell the differences, probably l- people out there they can't tell the difference, um, and so for those people it may not make as much of a difference, um, which they use um or they may not realize what they're what they're missing out on because they saved on the money and again to me it's it's the reviewers is reviewers are great right like they're they're, they they help us um uh in terms of spreading the word they um and they keep us honest at the same time um they they can be quite critical as well um and and they're they're like one level of of feedback and and um yeah so in in that respect it's incredibly useful but it also doesn't end there right like the true value or the true perception um of of a mouse ultimately is defined by user sentiments so um and and that one will eventually always come out right like so even if if you can fake it with the reviewers in the early days which increasingly more and more reviewers in my eyes reviewers have gotten better especially the youtube based reviewers have gotten um they are fairly good at at properly testing mice um and and really like honing in on the the differences that go beyond specs um and so i have an immense amount of respect for for all these guys doing their the youtube reviews from like i mean i mentioned bad c tech earlier random frank p um you have you have brendan taylor you have um i mean you still have rjn doing his stuff um you have uh dave 2d he's less on the competitive side, but I mean, these guys at least spend a significant amount of time. Uh, Hardware Canucks is, is the one I'm missing. Um, but all these guys, they go in depth with um, with a mouse. They don't just do like a half hour test, check the specs and write their review. Uh, Techni for that matter as well. So these guys test the mice in depth um, and, and do a lot of stuff with it. Um, so I have a lot of respect for those guys. When it comes to more mainstream media, there's probably a lot less of that um i've seen a bunch of reviews saying like the mouse is too small it has no rgb um and and something like that as the main cons and and we were just thinking yeah like that's what people want why would you put that as con right like so it it can be difficult with that but again my original point being um the true value or the true test of the quality of a product, the performance of a product, is ultimately in user uh, sentiments and user reviews, um, and and you cannot fake that. Um, and so um, uh, I think I'm I'm not too concerned about going out with a slightly higher price point mouse that is justified in performance that is not necessarily expressed expressed through specs itself, but it will eventually um, show in in the reviews and you see like if you if you scroll through mouse review today um i think two or three of the top threads are all on the orochi and and the initial impressions um and the reviews are incredibly positive right and and that's the stuff that is people buying their mice they just 
get a quality product and and money can't buy that type of of um credibility in a product and the the competitive product that you mentioned earlier i don't think got that um and so that's where kind of I guess we're differentiating ourselves and hoping that it's enough to to show that why we're, we're like charging a higher premium because of the build quality and the R&D that goes into it. All right, all right, all right. Sorry, a bit of a mouthful uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, let's go a little bit towards the customization part. So this is completely new thing for you in regards of mice, right? The Sorry, the, uh, the what? Uh, the customization. Oh, customization, yes. Yeah, for mice, it's a completely new thing that we've just started doing. That's right. Uh, we're pretty excited about it. Um, a lot of it has been like in the works for a while. We started off in like phone cases and mouse mats, but that was primarily to really um, uh, get the system going and, and make sure that the infrastructure is there and, and that we have an idea of how to do the end-to-end -end fulfillment um, as all of it is basically um build to demand like you you place an order and that's when when we actually like put the product together so it, it doesn't exist until then there's no inventory keeping and whatnot so it's sort of a just-in-time production sort of thing um but yeah we're, we're pretty excited obviously there's a lot of people already customizing mice today um not as much as keyboards maybe but it's still a reasonable like there, there's enthusiasts and, and so for us the, the idea is to bring it to a wider market the the whole concept of individually like visually uh, aesthetically differentiating um your setup and 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 getting your well your unique setup look and feel to it yeah i mean uh so you have had the most bad customization for a while so how popular is it for people to order a customized mouse pad, for example um it's it's reasonably popular i think uh, about like a third of our customers that buy a mouse mat will go for the customized version um so i think that th there's a decent um interest there obviously when it comes to mouse mats there's lots of other um uh, people offering custom mouse mats and and we have certain regulations that we play by that many many other companies do not. Um, so specifically, we don't allow for you to upload your own designs, um, uh, primarily because there are, there are legal implications um, that we would need to check against if people upload either offensive or copyrighted materials, um, and, and both of which we don't really have the capabilities of controlling uh, in an effective way at this point in time. And so we our our platform in that respect is probably more limited um, than some of what other companies do. They get away with it because they're not they're not razor, they're not as large, and so um, no one really comes after them. Um, but like having someone print either of those things, offensive or copyrighted stuff, could spell legal trouble for us. And so we're staying away from that. Um, but all, all things considered, um, we obviously deliver high quality mouse mats and, and, and with custom prints, and you can get your in-game attack printed on it as well. Um, and that's been fairly popular and gave us the the, um, the confidence at least, or the, the, the interest to, to bring it to mice, which was infinitely more complicated um, as mouse mats is, is a relatively simple printing process, although even there, 
uh, ensuring that the the color doesn't wash out and stuff like that after a while, um, which some of the other on-demand printing um, uh, mouse mats uh, may very well do. Um, on on mice, the challenges were significantly um, more complex because you can't just print on on a shell like that. So you need fairly expensive um, and high high tech equipment to be able to do that. Um, and without affecting the quality of the actual uh, plastic that you're you're using, and we like even the material that we're using in the shell itself is actually a slightly different one than than that of the standard shell, um, because the standard shell would just well basically not survive the printing process, um, and and so there were a lot of things that we needed to trial out um, to at least get this base level of customization going, which is at least for the Orochi is a fairly large part of the mouse. Um, and, and we have a ton of designs, I think over hundred designs at this point in time and more more coming in. Um, and then uh, you can create your own designs um, and you can on each of the pre-existing designs as well as our own designs, you can always add your game attack and give it a bit of a personal touch on top of that. Yeah, there is, so there is quite a bit of stuff in there. I mean, you can you can choose something from games, you know, esports. What's there is influencer. Uh, there is like you can do courage, courage themed or something like that. There is artist uh, teams and others, and then there is stuff from com the community itself. So how did you That's get right. these guys involved in there? Well, we reached out to um, the guys that have been posting their custom paint jobs on on. Um, on the mouse review reddit really for the large part and and so most of the names that you see you should be familiar with if you're on the mouse review subreddit um and so we thought rather than trying to replace those guys we wanted to give them a way to a market their own cave because our, our level of customization does not match what these guys can do right like they can do really crazy stuff really cool stuff right um what we're doing is is basically the the lowest form of custom not the lowest form the lowest form would just be laser etching a game attack in there i suppose but it's a relatively low form of customization compared to to what some of these guys are pulling off with like completely different scroll scroll wheels and paint jobs across every single part of it um possibly even having different shine through logos that they do with like stencils and stuff like that so um and but the idea was right like when when we tackle customization how can we do this in a in a way that benefits the community rather than is seen as competitive to the community um and so we reached out to to the guys that were most active and had some of the coolest designs out there and and uh, like started discussions on how we could possibly collaborate with them and really the two things that the platform allows them to do is um one it's it's they can monetize their designs without ever having to do anything past the initial design stage because they submit the designs after that they have to do nothing except wait for people to buy them and then um actually they get paid um for for every single design that they sell um so it's not just like they get like a hundred bucks for, for a design and then move on. But basically every time we sell a product, a mouse with their design, um, they make more money. Um, and so it's an interesting way for them to scale their, like, their, their business in a way, um, uh, as obviously you can only custom hand paint so many mice every, 
every day, right? It's a it's a limited amount of products they can do at any given point in time. Whereas um, as we scale it through through automated production capacities uh, capabilities, um, uh, it allows them to potentially monetize in a much much larger way. Um, and then the second thing is it it also serves as a marketing platform to a, to a degree, right? Like we're introducing people to the world of customization. They can show off their designs, and if they want something more unique or something more complex and elaborate um they can actually reach out to any of these guys um and 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 get that done independently um and so yeah i that one like every single one that we reached out to was incredibly excited to be part of it um and and so here we are we we signed 10 of them um uh, like the 10 most active and most um guys with the most impressive i guess designs um that we could find um yeah and and here we are have you seen my design already i have not i think you should sign me up it's it's pretty beautiful uh, i i sense a little bit of sarcasm there <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm not just, very just, artistic so yeah i kind of have one more question uh, relating to the Orochi, um, or Orochi, I still, I don't, it's going to be Orochi. a forever tongue to say yes. Orochi. Um, and that is, I mean, I'm not really big on the whole mouse mod art kind of thing. I like my setup to be either all black or all gunmetal. And by the way, I'd really like a gunmetal death adder. But one thing I did like from some of the old custom razor mice was that you could get like a Destiny 2 mouse or a Tomb Raider mouse where just the logo that lit up on the mouse had been changed. Um, even the Guild Wars one back in the day, old, old, like the three three G version of the Death Adder. Um, is that something you had considered rather than going full art, just having a, a logo that could be changed that lit up with RGB, or is that something that you could maybe see in future, perhaps? So you could have like a Quake one, a Destiny one, a Team Fortress one, Overwatch, whatever. Hundred um... percent. We we do want to do it. Orochi didn't make sense because it doesn't have RGB. <laughs> um, of course, yeah. Uh, but um, we, like personally, um, maybe this is more me speaking than Razor speaking. But um, I'm actually more excited about the combination of the two. Actually, um, so when I see some of the custom um, uh, artworks that these guys have done on on somewhere whether it's nacho or or dovi customs or haruno um uh, or any of these guys really um they like when when you have a completely different logo lighting up uh, combined with a different artwork some of these things look really really cool and so um building out the capability and figuring out how we can do stenciled logos um in different different shapes um, and possibly completely custom is definitely something that, that we're looking at. There's a couple of different levels that, that it could be done. It could be user replaceable or it could just be like pre-made one, one off. Um, and so depending on, on which we can really support in a, in a easy, like a way, um, uh, that that makes sense. It isn't cost prohibitive, and and that can be streamlined reasonably well. Um, we'll definitely go for that. I think that like 
and then you can always choose to just keep it black and change the logo only um, or you can go all out and do both art and logo change um, uh, or just art like again really like the idea is to bring more levels of customization um, uh, to our mice and to really build out the customs program so a lot of that is riding on like how well received is this first round of of mice customization and how much more can we invest into that based on the interest level that we're seeing um, so far we're seeing a decent amount of, of excitement around it um, so um, like when I say decent it's, it's a bit phenomenal really um, but um, yeah so definitely an area that we we'd be keen to to go a lot deeper in sure and uh, just my my final note on the matter is not really a question of such but i guess what i kind of like about this whole thing is that it's just the top cover that's replaceable um, my favorite mouse of all time was the original dev i had glossy sides and like a matte top which i found was the perfect combination rather than just a full glossy mouse so i like the idea that potentially in future you could offer glossy mouse and then still get a matte top that you could put on top so it is isn't full glossy so i'm looking forward to see where you're taking it and uh, i really like this this first iteration so great job great to hear all right i got uh, another question and i mean you've you've mentioned mouse review quite i mean the, the subreddit and i'm just curious how often each day um or, or how much time do you spend on mouse review? Too much. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> um, no, I mean uh, it's it's um, it's one of the the good ways of keeping in touch with the community, knowing what's going on, and and um, I mean, the, funnily enough, my my preferences in mice couldn't be further from what the overwhelming amount of people on on the mouse review reddit are uh, going for like my favorite mouse is a razor pro click which is a heavy um big um productivity mouse but i i, I the shape and the comfort I'm, I'm like a palm gripper and i i like that comfort and and whatnot but it's sort of the polar opposite of the viper mini um and and, and everything um and yeah but it, it's it's kind of just uh, like cool hearing and seeing wh how how excited people are about their mice how they collect uh, about the custom artworks and then generally just the like the reviews both on ours like just as a learning tool for ourselves right like what are the comments on our mice what are the comments on what competitors have been doing what what are they doing badly what are they doing well what are we doing badly what are we doing well um to just all bring that always back into um into our development process and and make improvements um and and it's also quite helpful in terms of early validation and finding people that are gonna test mice to the absolute like highest requirements right like if we can make a mouse that the 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 mouse review subreddit approves in the rest of the world we'll be fine with it too sort of thing right like you you try and make the most critical um people happy if you can make those happy then everyone will be happy sort of so you believe in the trickle down theory in terms of mouse opinions um i think there's a space for it i don't think um i mean one some of the most successful mice um both from us and and other companies um 
are not necessarily darlings of the mouse review subreddit at all, right? Like even the death adder is not very incredibly popular on 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 that subreddit. Um, commercially, it's it's a very successful mouse, right? Um, and other <laughs> one of the most hated mice on on the subreddit is also fairly commercially successful. I shall not name it, but you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, and so I think there is there is a value in in that, and especially when it comes to highly competitive and performance oriented uh, products, there's also a um, level of um, I would say you can see trends earlier in in enthusiast forums that you would see anywhere else. And so th there's a lot of value in that as well. Um, but it's also, you have to be careful not like falling 100% what people are demanding or what some, vo like what a possibly vocal minority may be asking for. So um, I think, yeah, it's, it's a balancing act, but um, it definitely has an immensely valuable place in the overall, like, uh, industry or in, in the overall category of, of gaming mice, I suppose. Does that answer the question? <laughs> sure does. All right. Uh, how, how easy is it? I mean, most, uh, when you consider mouse review, you know, as you said, uh, some, some of the most uh, popular mice in there are like, the, when you consider those compared to the ones that professional gamers, for example, use, I mean, it's a completely different kind of category. If, uh, like most professional, I think the m most used mouse in CSGO professional community is like a, a Zawi mouse or something. Second is maybe super light, maybe then the, I don't know what, but yeah. So it's like that. So it's completely different from the ones from the enthusiast kind of community. So how much do you consider like the feedback or the opinion of professional gamers when you design like new products? The the opinion of professional gamers is a bit of a different um, ball game altogether. Primarily because um, they are fairly experienced pro gamers um, that have tested different mice and that that can speak to that. And there are some that just like I used this mouse when I was twelve and I've used it ever since and I never want to use anything else. And and so those are a little bit less useful in 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 providing feedback in terms of what's the next big thing because they will always tell you just give me the same shape and and i'll be happy or give it give me the same shape in wireless and i'll be happy um and and so in terms of um new creation or innovation i think pro gamers are relatively useless <laughs> um but where they where they shine is when it comes to validation and making sure that like a product is like does not fail at any given point in time like wireless testing for in the early days it was a lot of a lot of it was sensor testing um uh polling back in the day more than and then now recently again with 8k um these are the guys that can tell the difference between 1K and 8K. Um, uh, they're the guys that can tell the difference between a low-grade sensor and a high-end sensor. Um, and and then, of course, on on um, on speed for wireless, latency on, on wireless, right? Like for us, the ultimate test was doing blind tests with the Viper Ultimate um, and just plug the cable in, but either have it 
functioning in wired or in wireless mode and seeing whether programs will be able to tell the difference between the wired and the wireless functionality. And we, we've had an incredibly high success rate in, in even blinding professional gamers um, in, in the sense that they were not able to tell uh, consistently which one is the wireless and which one is the wired um, functioning mouse. Um, and 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 so for that, the validation aspect and in terms of pure performance, um, they're the best people to to use for that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't ask them necessarily how we should innovate in the space, because maybe by default programmers like what they already what they're already used to, because for them changing something may significantly impact performance. And more often than not, they don't really have these downtimes where they can completely retrain themselves or anything like that. So they tend to trust what they know um, and, and try not to change too much, which is probably also the reason why you see um, uh, a disproportionately higher amount of Zowie mice still being used because for a while they were incredibly popular and 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 so many people that started early on would be looking at CS gamers in particular and and see Zowie being used and and they kind of never wanted to change ever since even though there hasn't been a new mouse from them in I don't know how many years um, not a real new mouse anyway and so um, yeah, I, I think that that's kind of like, so it's a two-prong answer, I guess, to that. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Completely makes sense, yeah. All right, so we are running 1 hour 15 minutes. Did you have anything else you would like to talk about in this episode, Chris? Uh, what else would you guys like to see from us? <laughs> in the future. Yes. <laughs> Oh, don't of get course. me started. Viper <laughs> <laughs> Mini Ultimate, I mean, sooner rather than later. Uh, I thought a gunmetal death adder was on the... Uh, yeah, gunmetal death yeah, adder, wireless with 8000 hertz over a wire when I have to plug it in. Mm. That would just add more headaches. Should I use it wirelessly? Should I use it wired? Uh, away from my slow profile keyboard. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to... Oh, well, I'm done for today. <laughs> no, that's interesting though. Low profile keyboards. I I don't see a lot of low profile keyboards being successful at all um so far. So I'm I'm actually curious, like um I mean maybe maybe you can ask people in the comments afterwards as well what else they would like to see. Um maybe it's low profile keyboards, maybe it's something else. Um but uh, we tend to get a lot of feedback on mice and and uh, keyboards. We tend to get very little on headsets, um, and and so it'd be really cool to hear what else people would like to see on the audio side of things. I, any of you guys? Actually, I would like audio? to see. Um, there you go. Yeah, I, I I mean I've I've got the Hammerhead for the Switch. I bought those for a ridiculous price. Um, <laughs> we had the Hammerhead True Wireless for a while. I had some issues with that, but I I've recently reviewed um, GTW two seventy hybrids from Sennheiser. Um, they have the aptX low latency mm. codec through a dongle, which isn't quite on the same level as like a proper wireless gaming headset like the Black Shark or whatever. But I would like to see. I mean, maybe it's unfeasible because of battery life. I don't know, but like a proper pair of earbuds that are low latency uh, would be great. I think as true wireless goes, that's probably going to be really difficult. Um, but 
for I mean I'm guessing like I'm, mm. I'm I'm not an engineer so I may be spouting nonsense and and people in the comments will tear me apart so that's fine um, but I think yes battery life and antenna and stuff like that may be quite difficult to fit all into true wireless um, for for proper 2.4 um, but uh like if you if you get the battery like we used to have the hammerhead true uh bluetooth that had the battery in 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 the band sort of that was like basically on your like on on the neck area and then it would have the two cables going up so it wasn't completely true wireless as as, as the trend is now um but maybe in that form factor it may be possible i but i mean mm -hmm. interesting you can look into that or I, we can have some engineers look into that, more qualified people <laughs> than me. On gaming audio, any thoughts, any guys? Like, we, we I mean, launched a Black Shark line um, recently, and that's been incredibly well received. And for for that, the guiding principle was just going for for fundamentals: good audio, good sound isolation, good microphone, and comfort, um, and do away with all the gimmicky stuff. Um, <laughs> I will it? say, I'll tell you exactly why I don't use a wireless headset though, and you can fix it for me. Um, microphone. That would be great. Uh, not even microphone, no. Actually, the USB dongle or whatever it is should have a 3.5 millimeter input um, for those people that have two PCs or mixers or anything like that. So rather than, I mean, you can use USB for power, obviously, but uh, being able to route a cable into the, into the dongle or base station or whatever and take audio in and then broadcast that across to the headset would be... 100 out of 100. Um, that's what I'm really hoping for. Okay. One thing that I, I'm not sure if the Black Shark V2, for example, has this already or the V2 Pro, but uh, so uh, once you, you know, Synapse is of course integrated into those, but can you control like just, I, I, I guess there is like EQ or something, but is there just a simple slider for treble and bass? Do you know? I mean, in the EQ itself, you can just meddle with with that i don't think there's a pure there's a usually there's a bass booster type thing like yeah. that, that that just controls that i don't think there's anything for trouble um uh yeah but your eq would be your best friend in that respect i guess yeah because the one thing that i like is uh, i have the logitech wireless headset and the one good thing about these is i mean in my opinion the <laughs> the audio, audio quality in games is like most of these gaming headsets, there is too much much bass for some games that have like a lot of explosions and stuff like that. Yeah. But the good thing about this is that there is just you know I I don't care about uh, equalizers or EQs too much. So I just I just take the bass slider and put it to minus two, minus three, minus three, and suddenly I can hear the footsteps when footsteps when there is explosions around me. So. I, I think this is like really this is important for me that there is this sort you should of check out the Kraken tournament edition where, where we had a control pad that specifically had a dial just for bass um, so that you could exactly address that so that depending on the type of game that you're playing or whether you're listening to music or not um, or anything like that you could adjust the bass on the fly without even having to go into synapse or anything else it's just on the con uh, on the control like basically on the usb sound card um, with a couple of added controls um, so we we kind of went into that area before okay okay yeah I know one of the area areas I haven't really done yet as well, at least to the best of my knowledge, is like an open headset, but it's not really, I mean, gamers mostly use closed headsets for obvious reasons, but uh, I don't think there's been an open headset anyway from Razer. 
Well, the problem is with with open headset is it suffers greatly from from positional audio, uh, as in positional audio isn't very good in open back headsets. Um, so I think that's been the biggest concern. Now again, probably some people in the comment section will tear me apart on this one, um, but at least we've been playing with the idea, but never kind of kind of pulled the trigger on it because it goes more into the audiophile territory than it goes into into the gaming use case um yeah. and and then uh generally the other thing is like sound isolation and and being able to focus on what's going on in the game tends to take priority over um over like the audio quality on on the on the soundtrack so we've been trying to maximize and so to, to the point earlier that many games are or many headsets actually are very bass heavy when it comes to gaming with black shark we've tried to address it as well to have a far more neutral um curve um in terms of frequency response to to make sure that like it gives you a more balanced uh, sound profile and not one that is just focused on gunshots and explosions but anyway if you guys um ever get into to a store that has the black sharks on on demo or if, you, if you're in the market for a new one check it out it's been incredibly well received and black shark v2 pro is i think right now the best-selling gaming headset in the united states so um it's it's doing okay <laughs> oh, well, yeah, i'm hijacking I'm, I mean, this to talk audio instead of mouse reviews <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right. All right, but I guess yeah, I guess that was at least it for me. And yeah, NBC and Sogol were pretty much ready, I guess too. So I guess we can wrap this episode up. Uh, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, thank you, Chris, for joining us. Joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me. I hope this this has been somewhat useful. <laughs> at least it was interesting for me, and I definitely think it's interesting for the for the listeners so Fantastic. we can we can do this again in the future when you release a new product when there is something something yeah the viper enjoy. mini ultimate in 2024 thank yeah all right yeah thanks everybody for listening yeah thanks again chris for joining and thanks of course nvcm sogol for joining me again and uh, yeah see you in the next episode